podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Now, I've titled this The Light of the World, but first, I want to share with you a little story. When I was an apprentice, so a while ago now, young as I was, you know, excited at what the world had in store, I uh, had a little Fiesta. Um, It was a Mark III. Now, for those that know, that was the boxy shape. But not only that, it was a gear. I know, thank you. Clearly nobody knows what that means. That means its particular spec meant it had electric windows. I know. It also had, are you ready for this, power steering, then were the days. It also, and I kid you not, had a two-tone paint job, no thank you, yeah. Um, And uh, amongst other things, a tape player, but we'll brush over that, because that shows my age. Anyway, this car was fab, I absolutely loved it. But unfortunately, it had um, what can only be described as a fault, all right? And not on the small kind of level, a fault on a really big kind of level. For example, I was once driving from Worksop to Darleydale, where my apprenticeship was, in said vehicle, and it was cold, it was frosty, and you know when you've got the blowers on full to enable the windows to clear? You remember the days before heated windscreens. And, And there I was, powering away, and I went under the bridge, and all of a sudden the fan went off. Now that would be fine, apart from the fact that it was freezing, which meant then that I couldn't see out of the windscreen. It had several other issues, like all of a sudden, the windows would stop working. You'd get back in the next time, they'd be fine. And it was just like, you know, today I feel like it, tomorrow I don't. That sort of thing. Now this was all fine until one particular evening on my way back from Darleydale to uh, my house, which at the time, or our house, I was still living with my parents, was in Worksop. I uh, got to Chesterfield. Bear in mind it was winter, so it was already dark. I'd had everything running, as you do, and I went to flick my lights onto main beam. You know, when you, you do the whole flash and you get this... Anyway, I flicked the lights and it just went dark. And it was pitch black. I was on the roads where there were no lights. I pressed it again, in the panic, nothing. Pressed it again, nothing. I'm thinking to myself, I better pull over. As you do, you know, teenager. Had a little bit of common sense in there. Thought I'd better pull over. But of course I couldn't see where to pull over because I hadn't got any lights. You ever driven in a car when you turn the lights off? Nobody's that stupid, just me, hello. Anyway, so I couldn't find anywhere to pull over and I got people flashing at me as though I hadn't realised, you know, that I'd not got my lights on. I mean, who does that, Laura? Who, who does that? I mean, you know, imagine getting pulled over because you've not got your headlights on. That would be horrendous. That didn't happen to me, did it, lol? But anyway, I'm, I managed to get to a place where I pulled in And I lifted up the bonnet, as you do, and had no idea what I was looking at. Anybody else done that? Yeah. I had no idea what I was looking at. I poked around at a few things, and uh, these were the days where I did have a mobile phone, but it was a Nokia 3610, something like that, anyway. It was one of them that the battery lasted till about half past 11 in the morning. 
then thereafter it was dead. Anyway, so I was completely stranded, panicking, thinking, what on earth do I do? I slammed the bonnet down in frustration, got back in the car, worked like a dream. <laughs> You've got it. Like I say, I was on my apprenticeship at the time, now fully qualified. Bang, bonnet down, solved the issue. Until I got home, the following day, I got in the car, or I tried to, central lock-in, didn't work. I later found out that the issue with this vehicle was, was that it had a loose connection on the battery. So it wasn't grounding correctly. And every time I went round the corner, the battery slid, therefore disconnecting the earthly, which meant at times something worked and something didn't. Very disappointing. I sold the car in frustration. Very angry with the vehicle. Now, I wonder whether we, as Christians, have ever experienced, maybe you're going through this now, maybe it's something you've experienced, or perhaps in the future that you may experience, where we have this grounding fault, where there's something not quite connecting, and we can't just get the lights onto main beam. We're struggling a little bit to illuminate what's in front of us, or to shine brightly for anybody else around us. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14, we'll go through 15 to 16. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. You will shine like stars. And then Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand and it gives light. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now those verses are perhaps verses that you've heard before. You've maybe got them highlighted or underlined in your Bible or noted somewhere because you've heard the preacher talk on them before. And they're wonderful verses, they're great verses to have. But sometimes we're left a little bit wondering, how do we shine or beam bright for God, especially if we've got a few issues, a grounding fault as it were. Firstly, in all we do and all we have, we're to exercise our faith in God. Matt, what does that mean? How on earth do I exercise my faith in God? You know, church, we have to remember and bring ourselves back to the cross to remind ourselves continually what God has done for us. That he would send his precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to take my place. That we are his. That he has made that possible through Jesus. Because why? He loves us. Amen? That's why. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6, say, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Who acknowledges God in all their ways? Don't put your hand up because I know you'll be fibbing. The reality is that we're not great at it all the time, are we? Because we're so self-sufficient. I can do it. I can look after this. God, I've got this. 
And we might not verbally or even in our minds say that, but in our subconscious we're like, God, I'm in control. I can sort this. We lift up the bonnet, we have a quick look around, nothing seems to look like it's wrong. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. If you don't, haven't got that underlined, I encourage you to underline it. To trust God. To submit to him, to acknowledge him in all of, our, all of his ways, in all of our ways as we walk day to day. To acknowledge his power and his authority. And this really then, church, is absolutely our starting point for trying to shine bright for God. If we want to shine bright for him... If we want to be that light on the hill, if we want to shine bright to our friends and family around us, this is our starting point. That we put our faith in God, that we trust him in what he says, that we submit, we acknowledge his power and his authority. Then we get to a next point that I believe we need to pursue his plans and his purpose for our lives. And you might say, Matt, how on earth do I pursue God's plans and purpose in my life? Because at the time, I might not know what God's plans or purpose are in my life. Certainly for the younger people in church, you might think, I, have no, I don't even know what I'm going to do for my options getting into year 10 and 11. Let alone thinking about what God's plans and purposes are in my life. But church, the Bible's really clear. There are things that God calls us to do, ways that we're called to live. These are his plans and his purposes. And if we live out that in our life, then God will do the rest. But church, the challenge is to step. The challenge is to pursue, to push forward for God. Not to sit back and expect God to do everything for us, but to search his word, to listen to his word and to do what his word says. James says it really clearly in James chapter 1 and verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. I'm just listening to it. I'm doing nothing. Don't just listen to the word and deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Don't just listen, but do. And there's such a difference between somebody who listens and doesn't put into action and somebody who listens and lives it out, isn't there? You can see it. It's so evident. It's so clear. We've maybe got those people, uh, even in, as work colleagues, we sit in a, a meeting and they take it all in. They've got the notes. And the next meeting comes around a week later or a month later. And you go, how did you get on? Nothing's changed. Well, you listened, but you didn't do you wrote all the notes, but you didn't apply. And it's exactly the same as we read the word, as we digest it, as we take on board what God's got to say to us, that we have to do. Don't just merely listen to it, but put it into practice. Be doers of the word. Amen? And then thirdly, our desire has to be right. If we're dull, and, and forgive me for the, for the language there, because it sounds a little bit, I'm not dull. Although there are times when I'm talking about football to my wife and she believes I'm very dull. But if we're dull about what we have, how can we expect to burn bright for God? Think about it. I am, you are, if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I am saved from going to a Christless eternity. This on planet Earth is the only hell that I'll ever experience. 
Because one day I will see my Saviour face to face. God loves me so much that he gave his son in my place. That the Lord Jesus Christ, who was perfect, blameless, spotless, took my place on the cross. He bore all of my sin and shame. The Bible says, or as we translate it in the English language, propitiation. That God bore everything that the Lord Jesus Christ threw. As God threw everything that the Lord Jesus Christ, all of my sin, all of my shame. He didn't deflect it with a shield, push those arrows away. No, he took it on himself for me. Now, I can't be dull about that. It excites me that somebody would love me that much to give his very best in my place. That I have a saviour who said, Matt, I have spoken your name to the creator of heaven and earth. That excites me. And on a Monday morning, there are times when I'm rather dull. And I don't have that fire in my belly. You know, church, what a joy we have. What a, what a privilege we have of being his children. Of being in a position we, where we are saved. And we don't need to be dull. That we can shine bright. That we've received eternal life. The cross has done what needed to be done. Sin has been defeated. We have an empty tomb. There is no saviour dead in the tomb. He rose again. So that means one day then... That death is now only but a sting to us, as the word says. Death, where is your sting? Because I'm in glory. It's done with. It's finished. And church, we have that privilege. We've received, haven't we, the greatest miracle. Life, when we did not deserve it. While we were still sinners, the word says, Christ died for us. And you know, we have to be excited about that. We have to be joyful about that. We had the privilege of going to watch uh, a football match midweek with the lads. And the excitement that's in that stadium when the team that we're there to watch score. You can feel it. It's palpable. It's exciting. Everybody's in that zone. Church, that should be us, isn't it? That is us, isn't it? God willing. That we are absolutely just amazed, just in wonder at what God has done for us. We are full of joy. We are full of hope. But we have to show it. Even when it feels like I don't really want to. <laughs> and it's all just a bit much. That we have a joy. And we have a hope that is steadfast and that is sure. And we have to go to his word. We have to give thanks in our prayers. We have to worship him with our all. Jesus outlined the importance of this as we have a look in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. That everything we do is centred around him. Jesus replied, as he was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. That we have to show that. We have to show people that God is the centre of our lives. That he has done what needed to be done. We don't want to be dull about that. We want to be excited about that. Amen. And then Jesus continues, which brings us to our fourth point. Jesus continues, again recorded in Matthew. And just on from where we were, verse 38. Jesus said, this is the first and greatest commandment. And listen to the, to the next. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love your neighbour as yourself. 
The first is love God with your all. And the second is love your neighbour as yourself. And the reality is that serving God is so important for our relationship with him. As, as I reach out, as we reach out as a church and we help and we support and we love people and we give those things to people that are in need and we share and we, we love one another, we are showing God firsthand the love that we've experienced People are receiving that love as it overflows from us. And everything we do, even if we struggle with the person, let's go direct neighbour. Even if we struggle with them, because they aren't great people, and I struggle with them, God says, love them. Not because they're easy to love, but because I love them. Love them because I love you, and you didn't deserve it. And we show God firsthand. We show his love and his compassion and his care. And we're able to help and to support and to love those around about us, even if they don't love us back. I'll remind you again, while we were still sinners, enemies of the cross, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's so important for us to serve God. And the word, as you go through the New Testament, encourages us to serve God wholeheartedly, to give of our time, our treasure and our talent, to give back to God what he's given to us. And church, I'm a firm believer that when we do that, that we get into the rhythm of what God has called us to be. We get into the rhythm of the love that God has got for us. As we give back to him of our first fruits, we give back to him of our time and our talent. We give back to God because it's his anyway. He's given it to us. What else could we do? And the, the attitude, the mindset changes and we get into the rhythm of what God and the love of what God has done for us because of his love for us. So then, applying this teaching that we've had a look at from the word will allow us to be positioned to bring glory to God. Not glory to you and not glory to me. That we're positioned to bring glory to God. Simply then, we exercise our faith. We search, we listen and we do as the word says. We desire then that relationship with him and we love him. We serve him, God willing, with our all. That is what we're called to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again for your word this morning. And Lord, I pray that as we digest, as we reflect on what you've said to us today through your word, Father, that you would just help us to bring clarity to our minds, that we'd understand what you've got to say to us. Father, your Holy Spirit would just guide us as we live out this life for you. Father, we thank you that we have this opportunity, this just incredible joy that we are saved. Father, we deserve absolutely nothing, yet you've seen fit to bring us life through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a privilege, Father, that we would just never grasp. And we just thank you for it. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to live for you without all. We ask all of these prayers in and through our Saviour's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.